0: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: High Strange is released weekly, every Thursday, brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to binge the whole season, it's available right now on Apple Podcasts for all Tenderfoot Plus subscribers. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes throughout the season. For more information, check out the show notes. Enjoy the episode.
2: The heart of Project Strat is the broadcast operation. There are
3: 60,000 volts running through his basement, powering a signal that's beamed straight out into space. The possibility that something out there might hear, and perhaps respond, keeps John going.
4: Sending out a signal, throwing out a lure. Trying to get some more information by luring the men close enough to get accurate electronic measurements. contacted our local sheriff's department. They sent out a deputy. I showed him on the oscilloscope screen what was going on. There shouldn't be that other frequency in there. That's not part of it. Something caused that amount of energy. I think something was uh, attracted.
1: Welcome to High Strange. High
5: Strange.
4: There is nothing wrong with your television set. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to The Outer Limits. The series The Outer Limits, back in 65, 67, the pilot episode called The Galaxy Being. is the most incredible episode to spark your imagination.
5: 10 tunes brought to you by your boy Buddy, 2 0
1: on your radio dial.
4: The guy worked at the radio station as a tech. There's a transmitter shed out back of the station.
1: My name is Alan Maxwell. I am transmitting from a station on the third planet in the solar system.
4: He had a setup to send signals through the galaxy into deep space.
1: I am scanning the microwaves coming from somewhere beyond the constellation of Pegasus.
4: And you had this big glass chamber. You'd see these oscilloscope images, and then you'd start to hear a voice come through.
2: Planets beyond central
6: system.
4: This ghostly being with spots all over it that would appear inside this glass chamber.
6: You must explore. You must reach out.
4: I thought, what a great idea. This is the power of a radio station to reach out beyond the earth in the space to see if there's something out there? We now return control of your television set to you until next week at this same time when the control voice will take you to the outer limit. It was all science fiction at that point in time, but that really set my mind ablaze. I was working as a kid in a camera shop, and they couldn't resist going to military surplus places in Detroit and getting parts to build things. Learn how to hook circuits together and meters and get lights to flash and things like that. I loved electronics. I loved building big systems, making it all work, figuring out how to solve the technical problems to make these things work.
1: What were you building? Did you know, or were you just kind of exploring? or
4: Trying to duplicate that transmitter, mm-hmm. I think, in my back of my mind. It wasn't long before I was building more sophisticated equipment, machines that could do something. Right around 73, in northern Michigan, there's starting to be UFO reports. All kinds of unidentified lights in the sky, objects, things coming down and hovering. It was really weird. I got to see some of the sheriff's reports from the Antrim County Sheriff's Department, and they were interesting. I heard a tape interview they did with a fellow. It was pretty intense. Thing came down, hovered right over the roadway between Shanty Creek and Shush Mountain. It caused his electrical system on his truck to fail. During that time, I started thinking more about building some equipment that could send signals out into space. It wasn't long before I built the first transmitter. It was a high voltage output had a vertical direction so it would point up into the sky. Started in my bedroom and then it filled that floor of ceiling. Started building bigger equipment, much larger and much more power. It got pretty big, 400 pound transformers and big converters and voltage regulators, two story high, 150,000 volt banks of power amps to produce the power, the frequency of audio to get a signal out for a greater distance throwing out a lure, sending out a signal. Try and attract the intelligences behind these aerial craft, trying to lure them in to get a closer look at them. That signal may be picked up. There's a possibility that they could detect it. And if that possibility is there, it's worth trying, trying to get some more information by luring them in close enough to get accurate electronic measurements some hard data, something on instruments, data to learn. That's what Project Star was about.
1: Inspired by science fiction, John Shepard was determined to send a signal into the universe and make contact with alien life. John showed me an old photo album of all of his enormous machines. You could tell the process he went through to build it all was truly a massive undertaking. Literally hundreds of switches, knobs, and cables, different screens measuring signals. It looked like a Steven Spielberg movie set, except it was all real. He named the operation Project Strat, and when the neighbors caught wind of his colossal homemade laboratory, the local news did a spotlight piece on him. Everyone around him, like me today, was fascinated by it all. The heart of Project Strat is the broadcast operation there are sixty thousand volts running through his
3: basement powering a signal that's beamed straight out into space every day john beams two signals out into space one a digital pulse code and the other a live radio show
4: project strat which stands for special telemetry research and tracking which is an acronym for the technology and what we're trying to do i took music and put it through huge power amps very clean power amps that have a lot of power eight to 12 hours a day of music broadcasts, sending out something of our culture to see if it would attract them closer to where I was doing this from.
1: John's broadcast operation bore a striking resemblance to Nikola Tesla in 1896. Tesla, one of history's most famous inventors, also where Elon got the name from, was doing his own high-voltage experiments in the late 1800s. He made large power transmission towers that could produce artificial lightning and monitored signals in space. Tesla once wrote in his diary, quote, my first observations positively terrified me as there was present in them something mysterious. The feeling is constantly growing on me that I've been the first to hear the greeting from one planet to another. He firmly believed that he made contact of his own with something else out there in the universe. In 1972, at the height of John's operation in rural Michigan, all of a sudden, there was a series of strange sightings in the sky throughout the entire state. Reports were piling into local police departments of flying saucers. Simultaneously, John's machine began picking up frequencies that were not normal at all. They were getting reports
4: at that time of objects in the area detected electromagnetic disturbances coming in over the power lines that were never there before. Contacted our local sheriff's department, they sent out a deputy. I showed him on the oscilloscope screen what was coming on. You have a 60 Hertz frequency there. And then you have something like 120 fading in and fading out over the top of that. It shouldn't be getting 120, 170 Hertz that strong when you're running a 60-hertz system. There shouldn't be that other frequency in there. That's not part of it. It doesn't belong there. Simple as that. Something had to cause it because it's normally not there. It just doesn't appear out of nowhere.
1: So what, theoretically, could be causing that?
4: The thing I thought it might have been was UFOs in the area, one or two of them, whatever, I don't know how many were there, the magnetic fields emitted by these craft moving over power lines inducing that magnetic field, and the instruments are picking it up. It had to be something that caused that amount of energy. It was circumstantial, sure, can't prove it, but it was occurring simultaneously with objects in the area. So we add two and two together, maybe you get four. I think something was a. Uh,
1: Attracted. Did John really attract some aliens that night? Did he finally accomplish his goal? John himself seems to think so.
4: Humans are great explorers. The curiosity you want to explore what's below the ocean, what's up in the sky, what's at the top of that mountain over there. You have to keep an open mind. We propagate, species propagate. Look at the Earth, how many forms of life there are. It's infinite. That infinity and the size of the universe and the galaxies in it, and all the worlds that are in there, the possibility of life, some kind of life, is astronomical. The possibility is there. Keep an open mind here. If we think we're the only things in this whole huge galaxy or universe, boy, it's a big waste of space. It would seem kind of strange. We can't be the only ones. And the more you search, you may end up with more questions than answers, but what answers you do get are going to open your horizons of knowledge. And knowledge is
1: an important thing for us all. The whole time we were talking with John, we were surrounded by all kinds of fun synthesizers and different musical instruments. So I asked if he could show us around a bit and maybe play something for us. It's amazing what you can
4: do with synthesizers. There's all kinds of effects. (laughs) Space music.
1: (laughs) The sound seemed to come from all around us in the room. That is a real dream machine
4: for creating totally exotic sounds. When you want to go exotic, you work
1: with one of those. As I'm hearing this strange music, I can see shelves upon shelves of books about aliens. Old pictures of John in magazines. Not to mention the speakers themselves also looked like aliens. Sound
4: cells is the name I gave them, but they're they're handmade and they're made with two by 10 wood. But inside, I put high-power, really good
1: quality 10-inch woofers. He played us some of his original music, which he has uploaded to Bandcamp. You can check it out yourself at johnscottshepard.bandcamp.com. I also put the link in the episode description.  —
4: — Oh, my husband's home. Hi, honey. — Hey, I'm
1: Payne, by the way. This nice to meet you. — This is a sound man, I think, in the — We're <laughs> but, over here nerding out over you know. music.
4: <laughs> — <laughs> Oh, it's, it's been so much fun, the whole thing.
1: Unfortunately, for financial reasons, John eventually had to dismantle his operation, putting most of his old equipment in storage. But five years later, in 1977, Someone else received the same puzzling frequencies that John did. The Ohio State University Radio Observatory, also known as Big Ear, received a strange signal of their own. One day an astronomer was reviewing the computer printouts when they noticed a loud two-minute transmission that was extremely powerful. So powerful that he circled the readout in red pen and wrote WOW, and it's now known as the WOW signal. Nice. Ohio State University ultimately determined the signal was not from a satellite, any military craft, commercial aircraft, or broadcast stations. Just a weird, loud signal from deep space that remains unexplained to this day.
7: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill.
1: The UFO topic has clearly attracted a wide array of interesting people over the years. Because it sits right on the fringe of real-world science and flat-out conspiracy theory, the range of eclectic characters you get with this subject is absolutely fascinating. After meeting with John Shepard, I felt compelled to go down this road a little further and explore the lives of other interesting people in this realm. Just how weird does it get?
5: You guys tell me if he bites me, okay? Oh, boy.
1: That is a big-ass alligator. And that is not a sound effect.
5: People think alligators are dumb, but they're actually one of the smartest animals.
1: It's actually the same alligator from the Adam Sandler movie, Happy Gilmore, the one that bit Chubb's hand off, RIP Chubb's.
5: You could actually come in here and pet him, and he wouldn't mind, but... He remembers the days when I used to catch him to move him around and him and I haven't caught him in eight years, but he, he holds a grudge. He remembers, don't you? remember oh, little boy. Yes, you're a boy. Yeah, little oh boy, yes, you are.
1: If you were to drop me here randomly with no context, I would never in a million years think that I was here to talk about UFOs. We are in the mystic San Luis Valley. This is Jay Young, the one who tricked me into getting way too close to that alligator.
5: The San Luis Valley is 8,000 square miles, which is roughly the size of Massachusetts. This place is known as Colorado Gators Reptile Park. It was begun in 1977 as a tilapia farm by my parents, Erwin and Len Young. What makes it possible is access to geothermal water We got some alligators to be garbage disposals for the fish in 1987. They got big, people wanted to see them. So now we're a tourist attraction that does animal education and animal rescue. Surrounded by 14,000 foot peaks, it is the largest alpine valley in the world. And it is now known as the Mystic San Luis Valley because it's a mystic
1: place. I'm here in Southern Colorado because for literally thousands of years, there have been more reports of unidentified flying objects than almost any other place in the country.
5: This valley has had so many sightings. There's been books written about it, and I've had half a dozen unexplained sightings, or more myself. All the experiences I've had have been different. Strange things happen,
1: and I can't explain them. For whatever reason, this seems to be a UFO hotspot. Maybe it's the good weed out here, or maybe the sky's just more open and you can actually see things.
5: I I was a big skeptic. I didn't believe much. It was always easily explained until I was about 25 years old. There was no earthly explanation for what we saw. Cliff and I were driving to Alamosa from the alligator farm. Off to the west, over the San Juan Mountains there, we saw these strange silver objects, giant silver needles floating in the sky parallel to each other, but not perpendicular to the earth. You can see right there, see those mountains? That peak is over 7,000 feet taller than where we are. These silver objects were almost as tall as the mountains. So they were about 5,000 feet tall. And as the sun went down, they descended down. And had they been made out of metal, they would have hit the mountain and stopped and fallen over or something like that. They just disappeared into the mountain It was like some weird refraction of light to another dimension or something, I don't know. i never even heard of anything like that before. After that, I was more open to believing things and not being as much of a skeptic. It opened up the possibility that there's a lot out there that we don't understand. You just have to take it with a grain of salt. You weren't there, you didn't experience it. You might not believe me because you didn't see what I saw. I know what I saw. The older you get, the more you realize that you didn't know anything, (laughs) and now you know less than nothing. We know more about the surface of the moon than we do the bottom of the ocean. We're finding new species of animals all the time. We know so little about our own planet. It's just inconceivable to think that we know what's out there beyond our planet. It's just ludicrous <laughs> to think that we're the only intelligent species in the universe. That we even consider ourselves intelligent? <laughs> I try to keep an open mind. I'm a skeptic, <laughs> I guess even now. But I know there's things I've seen that are not explainable through any conventional means. Most sightings are explainable, but not all of them are. This valley has had so many sightings. Judy built a UFO watchtower here.
1: The real reason I came all the way out to the Mystic Valley of Colorado is to visit their world-famous UFO watchtower.
6: This is the UFO watchtower.
1: About a five-minute drive down the street, is a metal two-story structure made simply for viewing the sky. The watchtower has a complete 360 view of the valley. If you've followed my other podcast, you might remember I came here for a brief moment in 2019 during Up and Vanish Season 2. Crystal Ann Reisinger went missing from the small town of Crestone about 15 minutes from here.
6: We've had sightings during the day as well as at night. Everybody thinks it has to be at night and it doesn't. If you look up, you're going to see something bizarre. It's just that simple. My name is Judy Messaline. I moved to the valley to raise cattle and horses, but from the time we had moved here, all we heard were UFO stories from the locals. They've had documented sightings in this valley since the 1500s. One of the farmers was in one day, and he said, you know what, Judy, you need to put up that UFO watchtower you have giggled about. You'd have fun. Well, I've had 22 years worth of fun.
1: (laughs) I mean, it is fun. The size of the sky compared to the watchtower in this valley, surrounded by 14,000-foot mountains, really puts in perspective how small we are.
6: The best idea I had in this world was putting this up, because I've gotten to meet so many neat people, and most of the folks who come in here are open-minded.
1: Can you recall your first UFO sighting?
6: Yes. It was between here in the mountains and partway down. I called it cigar-shaped. It was narrow and really long, and it went zip like that. That was 11 o'clock at night. We had over a dozen people here. Everybody saw it. What was it? That's what we keep saying. What the heck was it? I myself have seen 30. There's some people, you know, that are really skeptical. I don't blame them. I mean, unless you've seen something yourself, it's hard to believe that something is going on. There's people think that we are it. Well, if we are, that's a sad state of affairs. (laughs) We can't just be it. There has to be life someplace else. It says in the Bible that God made the heavens and the earth. Well, if he made us, he definitely made them. After having this open for a month, and hardly anybody came, (laughs) and you know, I'd done over 250 radio interviews before opening, expecting the cars to be lined up to come in here. Well, they weren't. So I got out front here one day, and I just yelled, all right, you guys, this was your big idea. I need help. I need at least $100 a day. From that day forward, I did 100 a day. When the psychics started coming, they said that we needed to put in a garden for a place for people to go sit, relax, and meditate. Then folks started heading to it, and now we've got thousands of things out there.
1: (laughs) So what kinds of things do people leave in this garden?
6: Whatever is in their car. I can't believe what people pull out of their cars. (laughs) Like that stove door from, you see it there? It's an antique off of a wood-burning stove. You know, there's stories with some of this stuff. Some young people who came in and said, our mother totally believed in UFOs and aliens. She was killed in a motorcycle accident. We're leaving a motorcycle helmet in the garden. I've got another guy, he was in yesterday or day before. Anyway, he left the ashes from his dog. Lots of folks come and leave ashes from their loved ones. There's been so many people who have benefited from this garden. And I have people who come just to ask for help here. There was a fella that I knew over in Colorado Springs. He called me and he said, do you remember this Hispanic lady coming there with her family? I remembered they helped her get out of the car. She could hardly even walk. And they took her out here and put her on the bench over here. And they were there for a long time and it was like they were praying, you know? And he said, well, she swears to God that your garden healed her cancer. And I said, hallelujah, praise the Lord, because I certainly hope that's what happened. People believe in this garden. They really do, and they, most of them take it serious, you know? Which is good, I'm glad. The extraterrestrials as a whole have some healing powers. If people would just open themselves up with love, they'd find out. Love is the whole key. And when you see a UFO, you should send love and light to them to let them know that they are welcome. They say that it's a portal to a parallel universe, and it's full of energy, and these are energy vortexes. We've got two of them out front here. So if you need any type of help in your life, you're to go in the garden and ask for it. The psychics have told me that the Pleiadians are here to protect the entrances to the vortexes. The Pleiadians, they'll help. The Pleiadians? They're extraterrestrial. And they say that this whole place here is protected by the Pleiadians. I believe that. I totally believe it, because we haven't had anything really bad happen here. I've had some statues stolen, but that's kids. So, um, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful.
1: Have you ever seen an alien?
6: No, just in, in my head. I kind of picture what they look like. Yeah. You know, but I do believe that they are here. I really do. And we can't see them, they're in another dimension. But I feel that they are here protecting. Good, I need protection.
1: if I wanted to walk into the garden today and ask for some sort of healing, how would I do
6: that? You just go in there and ask. It's just that simple. All right, let's see what this garden can do. People leave things out here to get their energy here as well, because they are energy vortexes. I even have folks who come and lay down in the garden to soak up the energy and it's funny in one area over here when you lay down it feels like you're getting pulled down kind of crazy it's right over here that's where the compass goes nuts you can stand here and the compass says that north is where north is supposed to be and you move over there and north goes east
1: I regret to admit that unfortunately I do not own a compass but my iPhone has one Maybe it's not the most scientifically accurate way to measure this, but let's just entertain it for a second. Okay, compass app is open. Looks like this is north, which seems to be correct. I pulled out the compass app, walk over stood here. still, and turned slowly until it locked into north. Still says north. As I crept forward in a straight line, keeping the compass aligned with north, the arrow would start spinning around. North is like shifting. I reset and did it several times until I found the precise point where it seemed to all go haywire. I've not moved my phone at all, and it's saying north is this way. For whatever reason, when you stepped into this specific spot, it would start spinning around. It's right in here. Weird. I'll be honest, I have no clue what this means, but it was a fun little experiment.
2: Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
8: Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start?
9: There's just this range of attitudes towards this. I think you're going to always have that. I think there are people that will never believe it because they don't want to believe it, no matter what you tell them.
1: Here's investigative journalist Leslie Kane.
9: There's all kinds of reasons that people will not believe it, and then there's all these true believers who have been believing things for 70 years that we have no way of proving just absolute true believers on the opposite side of the spectrum, who just want to believe everything. It'd be nice if there was this sort of steady center, which we have more of now than we did before 2017 for sure. And I think the more that comes out, the more people will be drawn to that because they'll be willing to accept official scientific data. There are plenty of people that don't. I mean, there are people that don't accept data such as who won the election, you know. People can just choose what they want to believe and don't believe. I'm not a psychologist, but I think fear perhaps, if they're really, really frightened of what this might mean, it's too much of a threat to their psychology or their religion or their way of looking at the world. Probably that's what underlies it all, is some kind of fear of it. People's belief systems, their whole identity is tied up with their belief system.
1: In a world already so polarized, how is anyone going to be convinced what's true and what's not anymore? And I mean seriously, what does it actually take? A part of me honestly feels like at this point, an actual literal alien spaceship could land on the White House lawn, little green men stepping out and shaking the president's hand on live national television, and that still wouldn't do it for some people. And I'm not even saying they're wrong in thinking that way. That would be a little suspicious. But my point is, even if something that insane happened, as a society, we'd probably still be split on it those who believe that what they're seeing is real and true, and those who think it's all part of some bigger conspiracy. For some of us out there, even when shown the evidence of anything, it still isn't enough. The only way to really convince anybody of anything in 2023 is to experience something firsthand yourself. People have belief systems when it comes to UFOs. Here's Politico journalist Brian Bender, Very difficult to change their minds. I
3: found that when I went to Roswell. I had never been to Roswell. It's like going to, like, a religious festival. It's not religion in the way we think, but people innately believe certain things. And no matter how much you say, well, hey, what about this? Keep an open mind. It's like, no. The government has alien bodies, and they're in Area 51, and you can't tell me otherwise are innately curious about the world around us i mean we've been exploring our own planet pretty much since the beginning it's only really natural that we started thinking about well what else is out there it's our dna It's that thing that we see in the night that we can't explain maybe from some other place and i think our popular culture reflects our dna but then also takes it up a level a lot of us are conditioned to believe things that aren't really objectively provable yet we believe them anyway. But that's true of religion too, right? I mean, a lot of people are religious and they believe in things that you can't see or feel or understand necessarily. This problem that I think exists in the world, but it exists in the UFO world even more, which is, for lack of a better term, charlatans who purposely put out misleading, fake stuff. Just to get a rise, just to get clicks. A lot of them are just out to sort of make a buck and they don't really care about the facts, what's true. That just makes it all that much harder for the people that really wanna try and get some answers. What is a good case? What is not? What's made up? What's maybe half true, but the other half is kind of taken
1: on a life of its own. The topic of UFOs is so nuanced, today more so than ever. We have the tendency to boil it down to something so black and white. I believe or I don't believe. And until any of us have an experience of our own that challenges what we know, understand, or believe in, it's going to be hard for a lot of us to get there. Trying to siphon the credible stories from the deep, muddy waters of the UFO subject is incredibly hard. And trust me, I've been doing it myself now for over a year, and it hasn't gotten any easier. You don't have to go far on the internet to find people who claim they've seen aliens up close in person, in the sky, or on the side of the road, usually at night in a grainy flip phone video, even though it's 2023. And it would be stupid to just blindly believe everything you see and read all the time, right? But for the ones that have the most evidence of something truly strange happening, accounts from otherwise seemingly ordinary people, you can't just immediately shoot those down either. For me, one of the general rules of thumb is the amount of people who saw it, who weren't on drugs leaving a Grateful Dead concert, A large group of people who actually saw the same exact thing. As a journalist, to me that's a story. It's something to investigate. Do their eyewitness accounts add up? Is the timing the same? Do they have physical proof of what they saw? Imagine a valley full of people, all seeing a huge spacecraft flying over Phoenix, Arizona. Their phones and cameras all capturing the same thing. A bright colossal craft just floating there in the sky sometimes fact is stranger than fiction. The Phoenix Lights. This is 1997.
3: Over the course of much of a day, thousands and thousands of people claim to have seen the same thing.
1: Witnesses first spotted the craft in Nevada at 7.55 p.m. that night. Then 20 minutes later, a former police officer reported seeing it over 200 miles southeast. And from there, the calls around Phoenix started rolling in. A lot of the testimony
3: is similar. A very dark, triangular-shaped craft with lights along it. Very large, totally quiet, made no noise, had no seeming engines or propulsion system.
1: The governor of Arizona saw it and was willing to talk about it. The governor of Arizona held a press conference about it. He actually brought out one of his aides in an alien costume, making light of the situation. But a decade later, even he said on CNN that he actually believes it was, quote, some form of alien spacecraft. Something strange happened in the skies over Arizona that still hasn't been fully explained. And in reality, we may never know exactly what happened that night.
3: America West pilots flying into Phoenix airport. Man, that thing is huge. What the hell is that? I could land on it.
1: There's these lights, six lights in the shape of a triangle, right over the airport. The actor Kurt Russell. According to him, he was about a half-mile from landing his plane when his son asked him what these strange lights were in the sky. Russell looked over and saw six bright lights in a V-shape, coming his direction. He called the tower to report it, and they responded, saying they saw nothing on their radar.
3: Evidence is not proof, right? It's just more data, it's more facts. But I think the more they pile up and the more they match, I think the question of evidence is at the heart of all of this. Audio, video, talking about it in national security terms, not talking about it in science fiction terms. As a journalist, I'm always interested in what did they say the day they saw it?
1: One of the most credible accounts of a UFO sighting I've found actually happened in more recent history. This particular incident was recorded live as it was happening. In December of 1994, the accounts of dozens of witnesses, most of which police officers, were captured on tape at the 911 dispatch center in Trumbull County, Ohio. Through FOIA requests, I've been able to obtain the actual tape from that night
6: and
9: a
5: dispatcher may help you. Okay, you see it? I mean, i got a perfect viewer on mask. I just can't quite
1: make it out through
6: my binoculars. It came down and just zipped over it with a big, glowing
0: object.
1: Roy-Ann Randolph was working as the 911 dispatcher that night.
0: We started getting a couple phone calls about people who were seeing a light in the sky. Then the calls became more and more frequent.
1: For hours, She was fielding chaotic calls from residents and police officers throughout the entire county.
0: I swear to God, four calls in on an unidentified
6: object over Liberty. Four calls? Four calls on an unidentified flying object.
3: One bastard. That bugger has not moved. You could see him like up in the air, glowing and getting further away from me. You could see a red glow up in the sky, it was huge
6: had about 10 other people over Liberty here just swearing up and down. They saw a UFO. That has not moved in 10 minutes that I've been
5: watching it. They have not gone any direction since I've been watching it. It's
3: a good 10 minutes.
0: And all of a sudden, other police units in the general vicinity start seeing it. We're watching it right through the empty field.
9: You're seeing us through the
0: field? So what did you really think it was?
5: I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I didn't hear anybody came across. Said, Whatever it is, it's big. I could see it heading up Fifth Avenue on the other side. I could see some lights up in that, area, in that area.
0: These are seasoned police officers, 15-year officers, people who have great credibility, and now they're seeing some things. I would like to think it could have been something from the air base. Do you know of anything that should be in our airspace this time close to the ground?
3: Look at the uh sculpted nine, about sixty mile diameter of and there's nothing out there. Oh shit.
5: I don't want to start through my zonoculars, I can't quite make it out.
1: It changes colors from white to red to green. Now, those are colors of planes.
6: but the sucker has not moved.
1: One officer in particular was dispatched to be first on the scene. As I was en route,
3: five or six calls start coming in, about a huge light in the sky. I was at a stop sign. A big beam of light came upon my vehicle. All at once, my car shut off. My computer, my radio. I saw a huge light in the sky. It just hit my car i had no idea what it was i slammed my car in park got out of the car there was no sound i couldn't hear anything it lit this whole street up just hovering there no sound oh my god i hope that's a plane oh jesus christ please be a plane oh, please I ain't ready for this shit
5: Oh, the spaceship now, I'm a space cadet. Big white mansion in my habitat. Aiming out a stitch like a lady a Figure weed, having rich set. Smoke a lot of trees, need a weed plant. A didn't take all in where the lean at. Sleeping on these G's, bean bag. On, jeans is a beanbag. Got me going jeans, cause I'm cool rap. Shit, no shoes overseas, they were pan leather. Shopping Tokyo, Japan, they the best ever. Blue bear t shirt, sleeve vanilla leather. Hard top, turn avert, to riding anywhere. ain't got a bend down, this ain't a propeller. Man, we
1: high strange is an eight-part series released weekly for free every thursday but if you'd like to binge the whole series right now you can subscribe to tinderfoot plus on apple podcasts to get all the episodes right now follow the show on tiktok and instagram at high strange and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at Payne If you have your own UFO story, email us at tips at highstrange.com. High Strange is a production by Tenderfoot TV in association with Cadence 13. Created, hosted, and edited by myself, Payne Lindsay. Executive producers are myself and Donald Albright. Editing by Mike Rooney, Cooper Skinner, and myself. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Cooper Skinner. Additional production by Mike Rooney, Dylan Harrington, Eric Quintana, Sean Nerny, Meredith Stedman, and Sydney Evans. Our cover art is by Polygon. This episode features the song Space Cadet by Metro Boomin featuring Gunna, written by Wesley Tyre Glass, Sergio Kitchens, Leland Tyler Wayne, Alan Ritter, and Jacques Webster, performed by Metro Boomin featuring Gunna, courtesy of Republic Records under license from Universal Music Enterprises for Metro Boomin' and 300 Entertainment for Gunna. Special thanks to Oren Rosenbaum and the whole team at UTA, The Nord Group, Station 16, Beck Media and Marketing, as well as Chris Corcoran and the team at Cadence 13. Check out the show's website at highstrange.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please help us out by rating and reviewing the podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening.